Hello and welcome to the A Podcast About podcast, the podcast about choosing a different topic every week to do a podcast about. I'm Samuel James, the guy who only discovered my chemical romance in 2018, and this week we're looking at... Bats. So, bats. They're my favourite animal. But there are actually so many animals. Of the number of species of mammals, 25% are bats. There's an old saying that I've heard one guy say one time that's... A mammal is a rodent, and if it's not, it's probably a bat. 50% of mammals are rodents. So you might be thinking, why am I not gushing about rodents? First of all, you're being a rude listener. And second of all, it's because bats are so bat-like. Think of a capybara. You might have been surprised to learn it's a rodent because it's huge and friendly. But if I showed you any bat, I'm willing to bet that you know it's a bat. That's 1,400 species of animals that you know are bats but they can't even mate properly together. Bats are pretty much everywhere, apart from Antarctica. But come on, cut them some slack. That's still so many places. So why are they everywhere? They flew there. I'm not even kidding. Literally one of the things that makes them widespread is just flying. All bats can fly, but not all are very good at not flying. What I mean is, vampire bats are pretty much alone in the world of running bats. Yes, vampire bats are real, but there are only three of the 1,400 species out there. That's like if one in 467 people drunk blood. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if that was true. People are crazy nowadays. But don't hold it against bats. There are two main groups of bats. Megabats and microbats. They're split up because microbats can echolocate and megabats can't. Apart from now we know megabats probably can also echolocate, but badly. So we accidentally split them into ones that can echolocate and others which can also echolocate. Turns out we did a good job though, because for the most part the groups were evolutionary. Bats have a messed up evolutionary history, and the oldest bat-like animal fossil we have was a bat. So we don't really know where they came from. We don't even know if they flew or echolocated first. But one thing we do know is that they used to eat insects. Probably. There's so many arguments about where bats came from, and how we ended up with so many, we might as well put a full I don't know what the that was on the whole thing. So. Why are bats so cool? The ones that echolocate, the squeaky little ones, mostly insects. Insects are probably the reason bats echolocate, because it's way easier to get information about speed, distance and timing on a tiny bug by sound than sight. Also, it's dark. So, you know. The most common bat in the UK, the common pipistrelle, eats 3,000 insects a night. That's like an average person eating 144 Big Macs in comparative weight. So, if you don't like bugs, like bats. Pick a side. In fact, bats are so good at eating insects, it's estimated that they save one billion dollars worth of corn globally. One billion? Corn is so cheap. They must be doing a lot. Side note, these bats that do echolocate can't even fly without screaming constantly. Every time they move their wings, they let out a little scream. The ones that don't eat insects mostly eat fruit, hence why megabats are known as fruit bats. Fruit just sits still. It doesn't move around at speed. It's generally easier to see those big bright colours than make sound bounce off them. So, fruit bats have big gorgeous eyes, like me. So, because they navigate for foraging through their eyes, we, as dumb scientists, assumed they couldn't echolocate at all. And you know what happens when you assume? When you assume, you're wrong. Recent studies have shown that, at least in all the random megabats studied, they use a clicking sound from their wings to echolocate. It's not very effective, but in pitch black caves, it's better than nothing. Speaking of caves, that is where some bats hang out. Pun intended. Bats also chill in trees and a lot of buildings, which is why you often find bat surveyors staring blankly at a building at night, looking like the least active robbers in history. But it's actually super important for building projects to make sure they don't disturb bats. In the UK, it's illegal to even touch a bat. They have more rights than you. If someone wakes you up, 
you'd just be grumpy. If someone woke up a bat, they would be breaking the law. This is also why Ozzy Osbourne, a man who once bit the head off a bat on stage, had to pay $28,000 to relocate bats from his home for renovations. He also recently released a plush bat with a detachable head, and as much as I want to dislike it, it's really cool. So, bats' houses are houses. They all sleep upside down, hanging onto anything they can get their claws into. But this requires no effort, as bats, relaxed, have a tight grip on their claws, and it actually requires energy to open them. This means dead bats stay hanging about. They also have a mechanism that means the more weight is hanging from the claws, the stronger the grip. So bats can basically get fatter and fatter until the thing they're clinging to breaks. Not them. So, if bats are so great and literally live with us, then why are we so scared of them? I say we, I mean you. Wusses. Part of it's basically just the spooky atmosphere of them only being around at night, flying around faster than you. That part is fair. A fear of the unknown. Some people fear they're going to fly into their hair though, they just aren't. They're so nimble and excellent flyers. The only reason they look dumb when flying, seriously, some bats do look stupid, is because they're doing loops to catch insects you can't even see. They know what they're doing. On a side note, we always thought bat swarms were magical because bats seem not to crash into each other using their sophisticated sonar. Now, we have high-speed cameras. Turns out they crash into each other all the time crazy. Side facts that I couldn't work out how to force in anywhere else include the largest known congregation of mammals in general, and Mexican free-tailed bats in Bracken Cave, with 20 million individuals in one colony. Mexican free-tailed bats are also the fastest verified horizontally moving animal. Falcons and eagles are faster but they cheat by diving, so these bats are 50 kilometers an hour faster than cheetahs. But back to the reason society is scared of them. It's because of society. Think about it. What was the last supernatural film you saw without bats. Halloween, Dracula, Blair Witch, Castlevania, they all use bats to show a scary atmosphere. They've become known as a symbol for spook just because they fly at night. All of this traces back to the gothic horror Dracula, as everything does. Bram Stoker made his vampire turn into a bat, all because he read an article about bats in the east that drink blood. In his mind, this made them basically vampires. And since then, the association between bats and vampires has held strong. And obviously, vampires are great in horrors. So so are bats, unfairly. Just look up a bat Instagram, they're really cute. Speaking of vampires, finally, vampire bats. I freely admit they are the spookiest of bats, but also one of the friendliest. When I was in uni, I told my lecturer I wanted to help remove the stigma society has against bats, because I was that kind of weird student. He immediately said, oh yes, you could talk about this and this, and how vampire bats don't really drink people's blood. I just didn't have the heart to tell him that recently there's been a rise in vampire bats feeding from humans. But who can blame them? We're in their space. There's so many of us. We're ripe for the picking. So, yes, vampire bats do sometimes drink from humans. But they mostly drink from cows and birds. They don't take much blood, and most cattle they feed on don't even notice. They land near the cow, run up to it, and use literal heat vision to find somewhere to feed from. Then they slice the vessel with their teeth and lap up the blood. No sucking needed. They typically feed for 30 minutes, and they urinate for 28 of those minutes, to get rid of all the water so they're not too heavy to fly. Once they've taken a couple ounces of blood, they just leave the cow unharmed, but a little wetter. They also go after the same victim night after night, because, well, if you find a good restaurant, you go back. They recognise their victim by their breathing pattern, even in humans. They also live only in tropical Central and South America, so most of us don't even need to worry. And if you are there, thank you for listening. But recently, science has started taking vampire bats much more seriously, and not because of their weird dietary choices. They actually have friends. 
which is rare in nature. So if you think of evolution, helping a buddy survive doesn't help your genes get passed on. So why waste energy doing that unless they're family? But vampires have really close bonds with each other that can last for years because they live for 9 to 20 years. They'll regurgitate food for their friends if they're hungry, groom them if they're dirty, and hang together when they're sleepy. It might sound selfish, but the reasoning is you help your bud now and stay buds, they'll help you when you need it. It all goes back to you want food and you want to mate. I just want a mate. You just want to mate. I just want a mate. They also seem to have different levels of friends and even have a best friend. Vampires are the most social of bats. But all bats are social, just not to the same extent. Almost all bats sleep in groups, and if they aren't in a group, they're probably looking for one. They get lonely. Bats can also get cuddly and clingy to humans because they're used to making friends. That's why you should follow a Batstagram page, because it's really cute. So, bats are incredibly interesting, but I also want to talk a bit about how they make insects more interesting. Literally, bats force insects to evolve. So, the bats that eat insects use sonar, so how would an insect detect that? By developing ears on their backs. What do they do when they hear a bat? That depends. The most basic response is to just drop out of the sky. So bats started hunting over water, and then they can scoop up the drowned insects. Smarter insects started screaming back. Some scream, I'm not tasty and they aren't. So a bat eats one and decides to start believing the ones that scream that way, they aren't worth the hassle. Other moths scream in a way so similar to the bats that it jams their sonar, so the bats just get really confused and leave them alone. It's the insect screaming equivalent of covering yourself in mud when predators knocking about. Crazy. So, now I've got you to care more about bats than your own children, what can you do for them? For the most part, they're fine. The laws protect them and let them live. The most topical thing recently is the Australian bushfires, which is killing massive proportions of bat populations. I think recently uh, two-thirds of flying fox populations died. So if you now have a way to stop them, do it fam. Donate money, do anything you can. It's important. But more locally, the best thing you can do for neighbourhood bats is install a bat box literally anywhere. They will find it and love you for it. They're on Amazon for like £12 to £20. They'll appear outside your window, you'll get to watch them and they'll eat all the bugs around you. And you can be appreciative and look at them, but don't disturb them. But that is a permanent addition to a house, so I get if you don't want to do that. A more pressing concern is tequila. You're goddamn right. Bats are the sole pollinators of agave, which is the main plant for tequila. So without bats, we wouldn't have the tasty drinky poo. But the most common way of harvesting agave leaves nothing for the bats to eat, and so also means that the plants are identical to each other because they aren't being pollinated. This means one disease could kill all agave plants. You might be thinking, but what are the chances of that happening? Well, you idiot. It already has happened. There was a tequila crisis for this very reason, all because bats weren't being looked after. So, what can you do? For the love of God, don't stop buying tequila, but buy bat-friendly tequila. The most common way of making a tequila bat-friendly is they leave 5% of agave plants just for the bats to pollinate and eat and enjoy and just generally live their lives. They deserve it. Some brands have started putting a little label on them that says bat-friendly like Tequila Ocho. Others, you might have to do a little research on, just make sure that they're not screwing over our best friends. Side note, bats are also the only pollinators of bananas, and the main pollinators of cocoa. Be more appreciative, please. The summary of this podcast is, wow, bats are cool and not spooky, and I would give my kidney to help them. And I hope you feel the same way. Get involved with your local bat group. You'll get to see them. They're cute and small and fast. 
what more could you want so thank you for listening to a podcast about bats i hope you learned something as always you are my favorite listener next time we will be talking about vampires and their history Ooh, subscribe Thank you.